I'm Max, and you're listening to Zeta Slipitas, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What's up, all you teenage high school students and or pop stars? Hmm. Rock stars? I guess it's unclear. Singer-songwriters. Singer-songwriters, yes. I'm Alan. I'm on the cover of Teen Beat Magazine. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Big for high you. praise. Yeah, thank you. Finally made the cover. That's big for you. I'm Max. Got it. And this is Zeta Lapidus. It is the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or DCOM in chronological order and then spend way too much time analyzing them. And this week, folks, we watched a movie that I had never heard of, <laughs> Stuck in the Suburbs. I also had never heard of this film. I'd heard of it, but never seen it. Yeah, it's 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 um, it was a movie we watched. The description for said movie is as follows. Teenager Brittany is bored with her quiet suburban life. As <laughs> Yep, no, yep. Teenager Brittany. As, like, as if that's her name. Teenager Brittany. First name teenager, last as name As opposed Brittany. to adolescent Brittany is... As opposed to preteen Brittany. Baby Brittany. Yeah. Teenager Brittany is bored with her quiet suburban life. She finds excitement when her phone is switched with the phone of Jordan Cahill. Jordan, only the teen pop singer, has come to her town to make a music video. Is that what that says? 100%. Jordan, only the Jordan. Teen- Comma, only the teen pop singer. What? Yep. Did someone proofread IMDb? I'm not sure that's a sentence. I don't think they proofread it, but that nevertheless is the Jordan IMDb description. only the teen pop singer. Jordan, Jordan only, only the, the teen, teen pop, pop singer. singer. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to all the other things he should be. Yeah. Well, you know, like a star on SNL. Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> hmm. This movie was released on July 16th of the year 2004. And I have to know, uh, did either of you watch this movie as a kid? My answer is no. 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 Yeah. This is a, this, we have hit that territory. Brand new for everyone. Indeed. The top song of the time. Uh, this is another two week in a row situation was burned by Usher. Molly, take it away. Let it burn if you're feeling I didn't learn the lyrics But you did get I didn't learn the lyrics from last week. Peace up. A-Town down. Yeah, let's sing some Usher we all know. These are my confessions. Just when I thought I had done, she's gone beside, said she got one on the way. Oh, it's a remix. It's a it's a mashup. Yeah, this is a all Usher, Usher. Usher mashup. The top grossing film of this week was I Robot. Oh, oh Will the Smith. Will Smith movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that the one where he has to kill his dog? No, that's no, I Am Legend. That's I Am Legend. But I understand. I mean, title wise, it has something in common. I've and also I've never seen either. Mm-hmm. No. No, Wait, I what? refuse to watch I Am Legend because I know he has to kill his dog. Uh, and yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I can't be a part of that. Just a zombie movie. I, Robot is uh, an Asimov mm-hmm. uh, adaptation where there's basically like robots, AI, and one becomes sentient. And there's these rules of robotics and like what the robots can do or whatever. Okay. So anyway, he's like a cop, I think. Detective Sitch, maybe. Yeah. So is and it he's like looking the robots into, are taking over, kind of. He's, I, if I remember correctly, he's looking into a murder. Yes. That the robot maybe committed, but but based on the rules of robotics, the robot couldn't have committed it, and so he's like seeing what, if one, what happened, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Is it good? Um, I remember it being fine, but yeah. having a really big Audi product placement. Yeah, that was there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I, I don't know why that has stuck with me, but well, I remember every car job. being an Audi. So you know, you're what? right. It, it did, did do it. Did its if job. I remember that, mm-hmm. yeah. 
In other news of the time, 17-year-old Maria Sharapova beat Serena Williams to become the first ever Russian Wimbledon champion. Whoa. Good for Maria. Mm-hmm. And the Cassini-Hudgens unmanned probe became the first spacecraft to orbit Saturn. It's far. V, v far. Have, she got rings. Have we been to Saturn? Well, have we landed on Saturn? It. It's, a, it's a gas giant. Allegedly. You're so right. <laughs> no, no, it's, it, it is a planet comprised of gas. Allegedly. <laughs> that has a number of rings that are made up of a variety of different sized objects and sediment that rotate around it due to that gravitational pull. You're made up of a variety of <laughs> Got him. Got him. Thank you. I guess. Allegedly. Allegedly. Jesus. All right. Are you guys ready to talk about uh, Stuck in the Suburbs? Sure. Never been more ready. Okay. This movie has another really interesting uh, introduction. And the, the sort of credit scene that is a bunch of teen beat knockoff magazine covers mm. that have their the 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 page is sort of dog-eared with the cast name on uh on each side and we are introduced right off the bat to jordan cahill although I, we find out he's just the sort of teen beat cover model he is the pop star everybody's into uh he is the person you know that that people have pinned all over their bedrooms can i just say this this intro really took me back to being a teenage girl because mm. i had a lot of copies of tiger beat and j14 and the the magazines that they're ripping off and they always had a full size poster in them sure mm. now they had many pinups throughout the magazine but there was always Jesus. one <laughs> hey different different pinups wow and teen beat there was always one full-size poster it was often reversible oh okay. oh well two for the price of one well you had to make a decision though who you get to show yeah jt Wait. or it was usually the same person oh, just two different, different shots of the same person so you could decide which look I see. You preferred, but it was JGT a was a popular choice. Hanson, Justin Timberlake, Nick Ryder, Carter. Ryder Strong. Yeah, Ryder Strong was on there. Mm. You have some of these, or? <laughs> no, I just I just <laughs> yeah, he was on names there. Out. He, uh, the Lawrence brothers were probably in a few. Of course. Oh, you yeah. know, uh, Eric Von Detten. Mm. Mm. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I was... This really brought me back. And I used to like beg my mom to buy me these magazines. And they, of course, had the like Nick Carter tells all interview. Oh, and then it would yeah. be like, what's your favorite cereal? Like, it was I like hard-hitting questions. <laughs> crunch with it, the peanut butter. It <laughs> tears my, the top of my mouth, but boy, do I love it. My mom would not let me decorate my room the way that she did. She wouldn't let me put them on the wall. I was only allowed to put them on bulletin boards or I had bunk beds. I could put them like on the top bunk under it, if that makes sense. Like, so if you're laying on the bottom bunk, I could like tape them to the slats. I have a follow up question. Yeah. You had bunk beds. Sure. Only child. Yeah. Do you sleep in the bottom or at the top? Bottom. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I would have slept on the top. You had bunk beds, but you chose to sleep on the bottom. I did. Interesting. I find it more convenient. For a long-term sleep plan. Sure, I understand. It's easier to get in. And, and like, I had, like, book... You know, you got your nightstand and your bookshelf right there. I was just staying up late reading Harry Potter. I needed my light. My uh-huh. little clicky light. My little light, you know? Uh-huh. I, needed all, I, I understand. Needed things. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. So what did you I, do with the top I, bed? I also had a bunk I, bed, but well, I, had, I slept on top. I had friends, Alan. So the friends would sleep <laughs> in the top bunk. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. God. Whoa. Why well, would you ask me what I do with the top bunk? I'm I mean, not ready to unpack that trauma yet, but here we are. <laughs> they didn't live with you. I, I had mean, a sleepover all the time. Shit. I didn't well, mean it like that. Wow. I no, just no, meant, it's fine. It's buddy, fine. you good? Or, <laughs> yeah, no, I good. did not good. mean it like that. Well, I'll hang out with you yeah, I, hey, man. get a bed bug bed we'll, I mean, uh, we've slept we've, we've been in bug beds yeah. together yeah I, I, the star cruise I do it great again. it's great it's fine I, I six year old now I'm really happy with that yeah <laughs> wow, wow. God, I bliss. did not mean it like that that was savage did you hear her oh my god I, listener I just want to let you know you're, I know you're thinking is he okay I'm good but we'll unpack this trauma at a later date <laughs> I did not mean it like that Oh. Don't paint me this way. I, for the record, I had a bunk bed. I didn't have friends. Just, for, I just, just to be clear, <laughs> yeah, I got my saxophone up there. Right? <laughs> it was great. But, yeah, <laughs> no, I had a water bed. By the time I had a saxophone, <laughs> oh hell yeah, man! That we played it I, vibrates. I, tr- I transitioned from a bunk bed to a water bed. Yeah, I listen, listener. This is the first time I'm hearing it, and you're hearing it. That's incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I. Uh, but I did. I did have a top bunk because I thought it was more adventurous ah to be on the top bunk. yeah I, I, you, you have to do the indiana jones climb up and down yeah, you're not wrong. i i also had a cat bum, 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 i had bum, a pet bum. cat uh-huh. and i wanted the cat to sleep with me oh but the cat slept in the top bunk no the cat slept in the bottom bunk where i was so nobody was in the so top nobody bunk. was in the top bunk unless you were at a sleepover unless i had a friend over then my friend slept on the top bunk Heard. it was convenient to have a place for them to go I exactly yeah. yeah very convenient but five nights <laughs> out of the week it was empty at least True. so so after we get introduced to Taryn Killen, who is the pop star Jordan Cahill, uh, we are introduced to our main cast of characters. We have a disgruntled mom who we never see again. She sort of goes away. She's the mom of another person. She comes person. back at the we end. We see her at the but, end. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, they recreate this scene, basically. Mm-hmm. We have disgruntled mom driving a minivan filled with teenage girls coming home from soccer practice. Things that I observed right off the bat, uh, they utilized the Brady Bunch shot with all the different sort of framed squares mm-hmm. of different camera We're shots get throughout, that the, a lot. throughout mm-hmm. the film. That happens way, it happens so much in this movie. We are in the suburbs and the movie makes sure to tell us that the suburbs are all cookie cutter and very boring. I did like that because mom pulls up to one of the houses and says, uh, okay, Brittany, this is yours. And she's like, no, it's not. And are you sure? I did like that as a subtle way of being like, this shit's all exactly the same. I I can't even tell these houses apart. I thought that was sort of a nice um, approach to like establishing the static quo of everything is the same. That and especially when you consider, and I'm glad you said that, Max, when you consider the next scene in the minivan was Brittany, who is our female lead, uh, or COVID, I should say, but the, our, our main character pulls out a, a pair of shoes that are like bright pink floral. And she's like, I got these from my aunt in New York and nobody else can get them because that store is only there. And that's the only place you can get it. And that was designed to set up Brittany's main goal or the theme or, or, or what she's looking for, which is to be unique in the world of same. And I thought that was pretty well done. It was very understated in this moment, but they'll tell us very clearly out loud later in the movie. Uh, that's her goal. But that was a really nice introduction to that. And then 
after the sort of cookie cutter house to do nice shoes things, we have um, another thing that happens throughout this movie a lot, and that's teenage girls screaming at a very high decibel, mm-hmm. very high pitch. And as soon as it happened with these four teenage girls in the minivan, I thought to myself, please don't do this again. <laughs> oh. Please, how, please don't. How your prayers would not be answered, Alan. Naive VK. The uh, there's a lot of screaming, and I don't think that I screamed that much as a teenage girl. No, I, not actually, on a day to day basis. I think I'm, if I was at a Backstreet Boys concert, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that actually is a follow up that I had for you. No, did you often scream when the most mundane things occurred in your life, uh, out out of sheer need to express a velocity of emotion? No, I mean some of the things they scream at, I think, are valid. Like, Agreed. spoiler alert, when they meet their teen idol. No, that know, I agree with. You're going to scream. But I don't remember screaming that much. Also, I hate to to be such a nitpick on one point. But I just have to point out, you keep calling it a minivan. But it is, in fact, the Suburban that every mom drove. Mm. And I just was immediately rocketed back to being 14 and riding in my friend's uh, mom's suburban that you could fit a bunch of people in and we probably mm. had kudos bars in the back or some kind that of is the second time in recent memory you have mentioned kudos max bars. you know kudos bars no what the hell Thank is you. going on we a little bit of behind the scenes for you listener we were out at the riviera filming and molly goes and picks up a cookie from the riviera that has oats Tasted like a kudos chocolate bar. chips, and she's like, "It's a kudos bar." It tastes like, like a kudos Pardon? bar. Someone, someone, get into Discord and tell me if you know what a kudos bar is. I do not, because okay. they were delicious, but they were not healthy as they were uh, advertised to be. Anyway, so we have this scene in the car. They finally arrive at Brittany's house. All the girls run screaming inside because we have to catch knockoff MTV where we are getting or like maybe knockoff E! News. No, it's knockoff TRL for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's okay. definitely knockoff TRL. Okay, knockoff TRL. Because that was on at 4 p.m. So I too often had to get home in time for TRL. Mm, I didn't watch TRL, but I will trust both of your knowledge of that. So they come on. They now have Jonathan's new Jordan, not Jonathan. Jordan. They now have Jordan's new song that is being played they knock they knock britney's brother off of his game by completing the level for him that he'd been struggling with and all four girls sit down and watch and scream repeatedly so my, my naive wish did not come true uh-huh. as they watch this this pop star or we were led to believe pop star sing his new song oh no they don't just scream i have two points here yeah. first they scream to which the brother looks at camera, slaps his hands on his face like he's Macaulay Culkin in <laughs> Home Alone, and then eats the floor. He just face plants. You hear him hit the ground as if as if paralyzed by scream. And we will A see banshee. him do we will see him do multiple pratfalls in this film. He does. His role is physical comedy. It's good for us to establish this. And you know he what? He has one job in he this He nails movie. it. And he <laughs> nails it. There's one thing that I want to say about the brother before we leave. Did you guys notice how big his eyes are? No, they're really blue, His too. eyes are huge. I like, like the expressive brother. Expressive comedy and, oh yeah, expressive comedy and pitiful. Sorry to he interrupt He is you. the slapstick character. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> but then when the world premiere mm-hmm. of the new song comes on, the four girls do not just scream. They don't just watch. 
they get up and do a choreographed dance <laughs> as if they know all of the dance to this world premiere music video. And my question is, one, how do they know it? Or two, is this the standard dance they do for every Jordan Cahill song? I want to believe that it is their standard dance because Uh Max, we have a standard dance. We do have a standard dance. And we have adapted it to many a song Uh in many a location. That's true. I will, I will, I agree with you. I, I respect your suggestion. I also am happy to say our dance is not grapevine to the left. <laughs> grapevine to the right. You know what? High I, five on him. I, like I would like to add in train of high fives. <laughs> yes. Agreed. If I could, could I just uh, thought it was take so that funny. to the committee. Of- I just thought it was so funny that they were like, this is the world premiere. And then... Not since Smart House <laughs> have, we have we had such choreographed <laughs> dance from four it, individuals. It felt like a warm hug. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It was like the dance from Five Ive oh, as they got yes. up and did yeah. s- Five, like, six, seven, yeah. eight. You <laughs> know what? Also, not since Five Ive has a decom song slapped so hard because mm. I am gonna put it on the record. I'm a Jordan Cahill fan. Are you? Every song I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. Like, well, more to come on that. I just I have- like the music. Like, it felt very. This whole thing, even though I haven't seen it, fe- felt nostalgic to me. Mm, like, yeah. it felt. The music sounds like the music I listened to when I was their sure. age. I related to it. Like, I just felt. like delighted by this film the the only observation that i want to make because i I hear you both and i agree but taron killen looked 36 yeah (laughs) he he looks perpetually that is true he doesn't like almost 40 he doesn't look like he should be the pop star because when i was like 14 i think nick carter probably wasn't even 20 yet like i think he was still like a late teen he's canonically what 20 in this movie they say he's from he was born in 82 so it'd be 22 22 in this okay movie. so how old was taron killen in 2004 well i'm about to look all right and again that's not a it's knock also, on it's kill him kill him kill him my apologies taron kill him i know you're an avid listener and again i'm not knocking taron kill him i just think that what i'm trying to say is is that he was actually born in 82 Oh, for the record, then I think they might have used his actual birthday. Oh, because if I remember the scene in the movie, she said April something Mm -hmm. and his actual birthday is April Fool's Day of 1982. Huh? Wow. Well, apologies, Taryn Killam. You just looked a lot more mature than all of the other teens on the screen. Well, he wouldn't have been a teen. He would have been 22 that's what i'm saying yeah but i'm just saying it was to the degree where i was like there's no shot he'd be a a teen pop idol i think he looked younger when he gets his hair cut that i will agree with the long hair made him look a lot older um also i guess i don't know how old people are but okay justin timberlake is seven years older than me so if i was 13 he would have been 20 so i guess it's about the same taron killam is also seven years older than us yeah so that yeah it it tracks well i guess that adds up i don't know why i thought that uh, I was closer to Justin Timberlake's age. I guess it's just more of a commentary on how young the rest of the cast looked. Brittany doesn't look nearly as young as her friends. No, her friends... Her friends look very young. Brittany looks older than all of her friends, for sure. 
Zach Hansen was only three years older than me. So maybe, you know, there's mm. a range. Yeah. So we are introduced to this new song. There's a lot more screaming. And then there's one dance move that I do take a particular issue with. And it's not really a dance move. It's more of a more of a stunt. When they collapse the couch. When they collapse the couch How with their they? cleats on. They would have destroyed <laughs> that couch. They would have punctured holes and tore through the fabric of that couch. I'm surprised they're still wearing the cleats in general. Feels like something you take off after soccer oh, practice. Listen, well, they had to rush in. But, when, but I mean, don't I most people take them off? I took my cleats off as soon as like, I got in the car to go home like you've got like sports. Sandals in your bag. When I played softball, because I'm a huge athlete. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, know this about you. I always Tell me had more. cool f- flip-flops or slides nice. that I would trade for my cleats. Sure. And I'd wear them with my socks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just uh have always wanted to do that stunt where you like lean on a chair like you step on the back of uh-huh. the chair and it like tilts and i tried one time and i got too scared so then my mom had to hold my hand so uh-huh. i could do it because i don't think i have the balance to do it you could do it now i'm not trying it now i will hurt myself you, could do it on. you could do it on that chair yeah, i, on wi- one I will hurt myself that's probably true probably yeah but you just told me you've always wanted to do it <laughs> Maybe. You just you just suggested <laughs> this is a dream it, of it yours. It really is. Every time I see people do it in a movie, I'm like, that's so cool. I think it's worth it. We, we should try it. Well, one of you hold my hand. No, you got to do it unassisted. I mean, yes, I will. But I think that after you do it assisted, you should do it unassisted. Maybe I will try. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we fully support you in this. Wow. I think but, no, should, but you have to fully support me I in think this. You should, I think you should actually try it with Alan's chair. And the reason I say that is because I think you could break the legs on your chair. Do you think that the fact that Alan's chair is heavy is a pro or a con? Uh, pro. Because I tried it with I like a folding chair. I think that the legs chair. could snap out from under your chair. No, no, but I tried like a plastic chair. And oh, I, then that I just think broken. that's very dangerous. Like, that's yeah. pl- the plastic I need is a only heavier, designed You're saying I need legs. a heavier piece of furniture. I'm saying that their couch was well suited for this stunt. Okay. Any, any wide piece of furniture that is shorter legs that are offset and are not skinny is probably the best yeah okay so this chair one day we'll, well, we'll try this. maybe not this chair it's a recliner so maybe it would we'll, just recline all right well we'll figure <laughs> maybe it out this chair that would be very fun to watch we, we're gonna buy a chair just for me to do this yeah stunt. i like it okay so after all of this occurs we now have a stunt set in mind <laughs> we have conversations between Brittany and mom we meet Brittany's family. Brittany is the middle child. She has an older sister that is a smart sibling, younger brother, comedic relief, her angsty. She even says that out loud in a conversation with her mom where the mom's like, hey, I see you like mom does homework check for all the all of her kids. Everybody's done. But Brittany and Brittany's writing music. Real quick note. Why is her older sister in this movie? Don't know. To be drive, the transfer. I'm, I'm, I'm good with why the brother is in the movie. Like that makes sense to me. Annoying little brother. Helps hack the phone, like yeah, the getaway car driver. It doesn't make that. We don't need this character. I fully agree. She's just driver. Yeah, I think that when they first cast it, they were like older sister backslash driver. I think they do it mostly to put her as the middle child. I probably yeah, because it helps with the theme of like no one pays attention. To me. I'm not yeah the forgotten yeah, yeah. theme. It honestly. does that does yeah. help. I agree. Mom comes in and instead of doing her homework, Brittany's writing song lyrics, and the song lyrics are angsty teen song lyrics and the mom's like i'm upset you haven't done your homework but i'm more upset because is this how you feel in life and Brittany says it's teenage angst mom just like don't worry about it did your parents ever have a teenage angst moment with you like why are you so angsty yeah maybe 
I have two songs in particular that my mom sat me down to ask if I was okay. Mm. The first one, Simple Plans, the happiest day of my life is the day that I die. Nice. <laughs> the wow. S- the second one, Linkin Park, in the end. Ah, I tried so hard. <laughs> I tried so I hard. Got so far. Got so far. And in, in the, the end, end, it, it doesn't even, even matter. And I was singing that in, my, in the car while my mom was driving one time, like singing it really loud. And she's like, is this how you feel? What in life makes you not feel like your efforts don't matter? And I'm just like, it's just a song, mom. Like, keep that in mind. I designed this prime to explain it to a time. Yeah, it was probably uh, the Jay-Z. It, yeah, it was probably the Jay-Z, the Jay-Z mashup, mashup, which oh, is the superior sure. version. Was, of course it is. And, uh, but my mom like really wanted to have a serious talk. And, I, and then, of course, I was just like an angsty teenager who's like, it's just a song, mom, leave me alone. Interesting. Anyway, that conversation felt real. Did you have a a teenage angst moment? I don't remember one offhand, but I feel like based on the amount of uh, emo stuff I did that it probably happened. No, I did not have those moments. Okay. But it was an interesting acknowledgement between mom and daughter here. It set the stage for their relationship, which I think felt real in certain aspects. Uh, some things a bit overblown, maybe caricature-esque, but largely felt real. I thought these parents were mostly positive. Yeah. Although mm-hmm. dad, dad was kind of absent from the movie, like just not a major player. But like, I thought the parent relationship was pretty positive in this film. And I did laugh at they're introducing, we get introduced to mom's project. Uh, she is working to try to save a historic home in the community. And she's trying to get Brittany involved some way she can uh, do something, give back. And Brittany says, she's saying basically she doesn't want to be involved. She says something like, I sold candy for the whales um, or I sold candy for you for whatever. She's like, I didn't care. God, what did she say? She She's listing other things she's done for mom because uh-huh. it's clear mom does a lot of fundraising and, and this is kind of mom's like personality. And she, yeah, she says, I sold candy for this other thing and I got signatures for the whales. And then she says. Yeah, but she, no, but she says she doesn't. She says like, I did that for something because mom goes, I thought you did it for the whales. No, she says, no, she goes, no, I thought you were going to say the other line. I wrote down the other half that you. That's that's a good one. She goes, I sold candy for this and I got signatures for the whales. I don't even know any whales. Oh, that's right. And then mom goes, but I thought you did it for the whale. Or she said, I did this for you. Uh-huh. And this for you. And she says, but I thought you did it for the whales. And then she goes, I don't even know any whales. <laughs> Which uh, I think is a very I, funny I response. I thought you did it for the whales. I don't even know any whales. I don't even know any whales. It's just a very, very funny interaction that they have. And honestly, an interaction that it makes sense because it becomes a central part of like how we resolve the movie. Yeah. So, which is, I just want to give this movie a little bit of a kudo here. I don't think. A kudos bar? Nobody knows what that is. Sure. They get a bar. No, nobody knows what that is, Alan. Don't stand up there. She talked shit about bunk beds earlier. You don't take this from her. Don't take this from her. Tell her no. No. When she says a kudos, no. You know what? No. They don't get a kudos Good. bar. Good job. Good job, Alan. Hypothetical kudos. Good job. They should get a real candy bar. I agree. Okay. Have a Milky Way. I don't even know any candy bars. <laughs> I don't even know any of them. So, uh, where were we with this? Oh, yeah. So, kudos to this movie. They... 
didn't introduce, at least in my view, a ton of superfluous plot, uh, which was nice. And what they did introduce, it at least played well in the ecosystem of the film. Whether or not I, I, I love the film, I think is a different different question. But I think it played well in the ecosystem of the film. We have Brittany at school now. Mm-hmm. She's interacting with her friends. She has her new shoes on. Her friends are like, hey. Oh, well, first of all, they all go to the locker. Their locker are plastered with the uh, Jordan Killiard there. So much is there. They love him. Cahill. His name is Cahill. I, I don't, who is this guy? <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. Who is Jordan Cahill? Sure. Jordan Cahill. Uh their, their locker is plastered with it. <laughs> Clearly, I follow pop music in this movie. But the, the central part of this is one of the girls of this sort of quad who, who, who exists is like, hey, Brittany, I found your shoes online from the store. I bought them. They're going to be here. I got them in two colors. And Brittany's like, no, no, they're exclusive. Only I can have them. And like, no, because they have an online shop. I got those things. So Brittany loses her uniqueness. And then not five seconds later, ooh, look, a new source of uniqueness enters the fray. May, may and that I, is Brenda's song. May I interrupt before we get to Brenda's song? I understood Brittany being upset right then. Sure. I don't think I'd care now as a 30-something-year-old, but I, as a teenager, I would have cared sure. if I thought I had something. Would that have been a thing for guys? No. Well, I, I don't want I, I don't think it's... For you, I guess. I don't think it's fair to generalize. I understand where Brittany is coming from in this want to have something that is her own and that doesn't feel like everything else. I, I don't think it's a generality, I un- but I think that that could resonate with anyone. Do you want to know something, a memory that literally right now just came screaming back to me? Tell me. So one of the three middle schools I attended, I, I remember I think I was like in eighth grade, I bought a pair of shoes that had spinners in them. Oh. So when you walked, like it had that rim spinners. It, yeah, and when you walked, it had a puff of air when your heel hit the ground and it would spin the spinners. <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've ever heard of. That is very cool. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> Don't lie to me. No, it's a good, listen, if you had a bunk bed, you would have had somebody in it. That's what I'm saying to you. With those spinner those shoes, man. Spinners. That's the coolest thing I've ever I will heard. never forget when I bought those and I was like, I'm the coolest fucker on the block. Hell yeah. And then looking back and I'm like, that's the cringiest shit. None of those sound done. cool. Spinners were in, man. I no. think you should get those right now. Uh, I think you should. <laughs> With my Heelys? Do a yeah, little bit of both? I never was allowed to have Heelys because we I, couldn't have them at school. I had knockoff Heelys. I didn't want Heelys, but I remember them being banned all over the place. Oh, yeah. They're like, that's so dangerous. Um, and I, thinking about the shoes, I don't know why that memory just came screaming back in my head. I want there them. It is. I want them for you. Uh, I'm going to have to find a picture of these things. Hold on. But regardless, uh, we have a deus ex machina because Brenda Song enters the fray. And Brenda's song is the picture of unique in this sort of whitewashed world that Brittany is living in. Brenda's song is the unique factor. She's she comes in talking a big game. Oh, I just got here from Europe. Oh, my family's here because of a, a transfer. Oh, I'm not into the things you're into. I'm into my own things. I'm eclectic. And Brittany latches on. To Brenda Song's character. I gotta say, the only thing better than cool guy walks into school is cool girl walks into school. Mm. Because we know I love cool person walks into school moment. Sure. And this was a very good one. 
it's like in slow-mo kind of and she's walking and she's got her cool outfit on and everybody's looking at her and i was like yes i live for these moments in decoms yeah alan has found i found the spinner shoes you need to buy some right now. <laughs> this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you step on them and the spinners would spin. Oh, God. I can't believe like that. Shoes, I, I, I can't believe I owned those shoes. You're, luck, you're a lucky guy. That's wild. What hey, a Alan, don't listen for a second. I literally saved up money for my pressure washing business to buy those. That was like, I remember specifically like the first real money that I made from like, after I bought money my well new, spent. after yeah. I bought my new pressure washer right. to pressure wash more efficiently, I bought. And we've those. heard about that. <laughs> I think you probably attracted more business. People wanted to see what you, well, you're like, yeah, if he's styling and profiling, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I pressure washed barefoot or in flip flops, which that sounds is very dangerous, which is crazy because it was very painful. And I cut my foot with pressurized water often. I not the smartest thing you've ever done. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. But I didn't want to ruin shoes. So, okay. especially not these. No, not spinner shoes. Okay. In an attempt to maybe speed this up a little bit, I'm going to I'm gonna generalize something about this movie. Yeah. I I do have a criticism of this film. I, I don't... I don't totally know what this movie's about. Um, oh, no. No idea. I... Because it feels like this is one of two inciting incidents that we're going to get. The, the first one is Brenda Song entering the entering the picture right mm-hmm. the status quo Brittany has her three friends they all love jordan cahill they are super fans they are all the same she has nothing unique enter brenda song disrupts and is the is the inciting incident of like difference in a different movie this movie would be all about the influence of brenda song and and Brittany sort of abandoning her friends and the way that relationship breaks down. But there's no consequence none, none of her none. leaving her friends. No. Her friends basically disappear for the next half of the film. Mm-hmm. And there's there's never any feeling from them of being abandoned or of Brittany choosing. Brittany just leaves her friends and has a new best friend and doesn't talk to them at all and there's seemingly no repercussion for that i also think this is weird especially because there's a weird meanness i guess there's a there's a weird cattiness between brenda song and the old friends that doesn't really make sense it's just like girls being mean to each other for no reason but yet it's fine at the end and we never really explore it and neither one really I don't know. It's weird. Like the new friends are kind of snippy to her yeah. and then she's snippy back and now they just don't like each other. It's mm-hmm. never explored and it's never resolved because at the same time, what we have happening is we, we get vignettes. Now that we've established Brittany and Brenda, we have vignettes of what's happening with Jordan, Jordan, his best friend, Eddie and his manager and manager goons. So Jordan is there in small town because apparently this small town has the one fountain that he can film at and he's filming his new music video that's not going well. The girls, by by virtue of understanding and being very in tune with Jordan's activities, show up at this filming. They see this interaction. We're supposed to understand that Jordan is not happy with what he's doing right now. He doesn't like the new lyrics of his songs because it's not the lyrics he wrote. Uh, he doesn't want to film a music video. And... As Jordan and crew with Eddie are leaving the filming space, going back to their hotel, they effectively stampede over Brittany. 
there is a knock them down phone stuff fly everywhere and cell phones change hands where Brittany ends up with Jordan's phone. Jordan by virtue of Eddie ends up with Brittany's phone. And this is right after we have Jordan say the line to Eddie. Hey, I need you to copy all my files of that phone onto a disc. That phone is my life. And I'm like, well, he's losing his phone. Important things to note. I love the fact that when she falls down, Jordan just steps over her. <laughs> He's like, oh, there you are. <clears throat> like she and Brenda Song are at the thing and they're walking out and she gets tripped or whatever. And like she trips in front of everyone with Jordan. Oh, I guess uh, Eddie bumps into her. Yeah, yeah. And everyone else just like looks at her and then keeps walking, including Jordan. <laughs> and I just laughed so hard because I was like, a real winner this guy yeah, this is guy a real is, prize yeah. like what a, what a real nice fella and and thus we have the second inciting incident of this movie which now changes that like she was a fan and now she has this connection to him and they have power and they have influence and like so is this movie about her friendship with brenda song or is this movie about this thing with jordan like what the fuck is this movie about we don't like i i like this movie is about her relationship with the suburbs and with sameness and and i appreciate that but it feels like brenda is closer to that and that that relationship is more in line with the theme of the movie than the storyline that actually gets leaned into which is the jordan storyline right because the entire movie just shifts in this next sequence and it's just this is a decom trope that we get back to and it happens three times here or three or four times here which is like let's play the same scene oh man over and over and Including over again multiple montage clips that are the, that oh my god so i mean we don't have to spend a lot of time on this we can highlight some of the funny moments but listener here's what happens we have Brittany has jordan's phone she tries to return it tries to go to the hotel and return it we gotta pause here because the person at the hotel front desk is quite important i i love this part go yeah. on do you know who it is no okay the person at the front desk who brenda song calls kip yeah but his actual name is dave yeah his real life name is drew seeley now do you happen to know who drew seeley is i feel like i should oh well drew seeley happens to be known for his voice not his face because he is the singing voice of not just Jordan Cahill. Wait, is he Troy Bolton? But also Troy Bolton. Oh my gosh. And you've just been high school musical. <laughs> Honestly, though, I Googled it and it said Terry Kilma singing. So, you know, what, or it's like a mix of their two voices. I think they, they blended because I think they also blended him and Zach Efron in did. high school musical. Because there are times where you can tell Zach Efron is singing. And then there is a very clear transition to Drew Seeley's voice. Now, I was like, I know that name from somewhere. Mm -hmm. I just want to He has a much higher register than Zac Efron does. I, mm -hmm. I just want to say, I love the idea of belittling a man by calling him a completely wrong name. <laughs> All right there, I, Kip. I love that. She's like, can I call you Kip? And he's like, uh, my name's David. And she's like, mm-hmm. I was dying. But also, that's a Parks and Rec bit that I also enjoy, but it made me... 
I was like, Brenna Song's my favorite character right now. But also, she's kind of terrible. But yeah, we'll get into it. I was going to say, he doesn't do anything to her. And so I don't know that I'm a huge fan of her belittling him for no reason. Right. She's but in a general, liar and a bully. Yeah. Mm, that, that we never have to deal with or confront. That's true. She is. <laughs> she's she's kind of terrible. But in general, if someone is bothering me, I'm going to call them by the completely if wrong name. If someone's bothering you, I agree. This man is just doing his job. He's just doing his job of not letting teenage girls go up to where the mega superstar is sitting. Correct. Yeah, that that, yeah. Is, that yeah, seems I, like an no, important we're, gig. We're all aligned. How, how has the manager not realized that he has a pink Nokia brick phone Dude, I'll never instead understand of that. a Blackberry? Right. It, it takes him way too fucking long makes sense to me that they don't have the same fucking phone oh i know like this storyline is way more believable if they look the same if they have the same make and model of phone i'll even buy it if they both have that nokia that everybody had with snake and the and they have different covers but because they're the same shape and size they grab them but they're two completely different style phones two completely different sizes there's no way you would grab the wrong one and feel it in your hand and think it was yours like and and when the girl comes and goes hey i have i have the phone you don't look and go oh this isn't my phone well she, they didn't even take the call up to them that's the crazy like well no they did no, no, no. eddie absolutely answered because he was like tell them that this is the thousandth person that's tried to use this excuse uh, he's got her fucking phone I, in his hand i mean i have an iphone plus and when i hold alan's iphone not plus i'm like this is a crazy thing in my hand right. like i feel like you are so used to your phone in your hand and it's it's I, I agree. That's bananas to me. But what occurs is after, you know, after we have to have this exchange at the hotel, nobody believes them for fucking no reason at all other than the fact that we need to move this movie on. And like it, it can only exist if Eddie doesn't just write these people off. Eddie immediately after he hangs up the hotel phone is like, fuck, I was wrong. I've got the wrong phone. Sprints downstairs, hits his head on the minivan, concusses himself. And this is when we hit shenanigan montage. Because instead of doing the right thing, we have Brenda Song suggest that they mess with Jordan via his phone and his appointments. Mm -hmm. Unsolicited, just messing with them to the point where they're like, hey, cut his hair. Hey, changes wardrobe. That's what I literally wrote the note. Is Natasha terrible? Question mark. Why is she like this? When she's like, yeah, first of all, she yells at Brittany because Brittany's like, we should give the phone back. And Natasha's like, oh my God, you're so ridiculous and annoying because all you do is complain to me about how your life is so boring and now something fun's happening and you just want to give the phone back. And it's like, Okay, but that's there's a difference between there's a difference between like stealing and like living your life. Like you don't have to commit crime to have fun. I don't know. Listen, listen, kids. Hey, kids, listen up, kids. Only do misdemeanors. Yeah. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not the message for legal reasons. For legal reasons. For legal reasons, only do misdemeanors. No, (laughs) no. Unless someone deserves. Not no. Also not the message. Kids, listen up. <laughs> For legal reasons. <laughs> but Petty crime is fine. <laughs> no. No, you're right. No. No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, oh, you should know hey, your rights. Hey, kids, Call your lawyer. kids. Don't ever answer the cops' questions. Immediately ask for your lawyer. Oh my god, <laughs> that's good advice. That's for me. That's free for me to you. Oh my god, that's what everyone says in murder documentaries. Kids, kids, 
they have to tell you if they're a cop. <laughs> oh, m- j- please don't listen, listener, to anything. Kids, in this kids ask, nope. him, ask him if they're a cop. They nope. have to tell you. No, nope. yeah, you do not have to get out of the car, kids. Oh my god! Take hey, take the L, lose your license. Don't breathe in. Don't breathe into the breathalyzer. Holy shit! <laughs> I, you know what? Thank God I have a Mammoth Club lawyer now, but Jesus, y'all. For legal reasons, this is not legal advice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Brenda Song is a. Bot- oh my God. I just saw our company flash before my eyes. Why? Do you think people are really going to take legal advice from us as we talk about stuck in the suburbs? <laughs> Molly, I've seen some comments on our YouTube videos. Yes. All right. Well, I don't know that that'll hold up in court. <laughs> <laughs> now that I agree with. Uh, anyway, Brenda's song is a big butthole to Brittany because she's also like she yells at her. She makes her do the thing with the phone and she like belittles her and is like, come on, you say your life is boring. So let's like fuck with this guy's life. And her solution to that is by calling uh, the phone rings that he has a hair appointment the next day or in a few hours or something. And she calls the salon and is like, hi, I'm Jordan's assistant. He wants you to cut off all of his signature hair. What? <laughs> and then they do like, it's, it's a part of here's what, here's my issue with this. And the, I started a lot of sentences there, but let me get into it. They one first of all, uh, Natasha Brenda Song knows a lot of information about Jordan that she shouldn't know. She was not in the room when any of these preferences that Jordan has were discussed. Discussed the, the raisins, like thing? the raisins thing. Yeah, how do like they know the, the music that thing? they want playing? All of this was discussed between Jordan and Jordan's manager and Eddie. They were nowhere in sight. They were not in the room. There was no way Brenda would know this. There was no way Natasha would know this. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. So she calls and is like, hey, here's all this insider info that I have no business knowing. Also, cut the dude's head off. Not cut the dude's head off. Cut the dude's (laughs) head off. Kill him. Yes. Cut the dude's head off. Listen up. (laughs) For legal reasons. Kill him. (laughs) God damn it. Cut all his hair off. And I was like, that's a weirdly like nonchalant approach and then an escalation into like cut all his hair off. But that also like that's just one of the many montages, right? We have the hair cutting scene followed by the wardrobe change scene followed by the lyric hacking and we we can get into all of those individuals if we want to, but I think that my problem with this is that I actually really it's a it's a trope in these types of shows that you have somebody that is a bad influence on a character and pulls them away from from their friends. Yeah. And when Natasha first gets introduced, I actually thought this was an interesting spin on that trope because I actually thought she was a good influence on Brittany where Brittany was feeling like all my friends are exactly the same. I have to be this to fit in. I have to love. And, and Natasha sort of challenged that viewpoint and was like, Oh, your mom's work is actually sort of fascinating. Oh, it's okay that you don't have to love this guy. Oh, it's like fine to to do things that are different. And I was like, oh, this is sort of interesting because she is pulling her away from her friends, but in a sort of positive way that I find unique to decomps. But then she's just a dick. And ultimately, we're going to find out that Jordan is going to look upon these changes favorably. He's going to say like, oh, I've always wanted this. Thanks, Eddie. You looked out for me. And I I don't like that they just get off the hook. Like 
she's an asshole and he just happens to like it. And so it's beneficial. I would have preferred that it's like Brittany knows Jordan well enough or finds his lyrics and sees something that she's able to influence because of her understanding of him or because she like gets something from the lyrics that his team isn't paying attention to. Like, I wish that this was coming from a place of like, I see you for who you are. And so I'm going to like influence from the sidelines. And instead it's just Natasha who doesn't know Jordan at all being a dick and Jordan likes it. And it's, it, I, I, I thought that we would have a payoff at some point where Jordan, where Jordan didn't. And that was when the girlfriend incident happens because Jordan's girlfriend calls his phone that is in Britney's possession. Britney picks up and it, it, through that conversation, we find out almost immediately after that Jordan's girlfriend has broken up with him. And I was like, all right, this has to be the moment where Jordan doesn't like the outcome, where Jordan is upset by the fact that he's lost his phone. Because after after this incident, Eddie has to tell Jordan what has occurred, that his phone is in the possession of a teenage girl. And even that moment felt robbed because when Jordan eventually confronts Brittany about it over the phone, I know we're, we're getting ahead and we can always loop back because, again, this is just a montage of the shame shit over and over again. But when Jordan calls Brittany, he's like, we were going to break up anyway. Yeah, wits are just off the hook. Yeah. I do think I want to add, I, I agree, but I want to add one point, and that's I think Natasha does know Jordan because at one point, it's very subtle. The whole thing is that she's made fun of the other girls for all liking the same music and she's not a fan of him and Brittany's like tampered down how much she likes Jordan. At one point, Natasha makes a very specific reference to a Jordan Cahill song or music video that they have not watched. And Brittany looks at her in surprise. It's like once the resolutions happened and Natasha kind of gives her like a shrug. So I do think she actually is a huge Jordan fan. So she would know this. It's just another thing she's been lying about. You think? Yeah, I think it's just all it, part of her personality because she also lied that she lives in lived in Spain and all these things. I think she is a Jordan fan. She I, just didn't want to admit it. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I I I don't. If I, that's true, it doesn't hold up very well because one of the things she hold, she calls Brittany out about lying about is not being a Jordan fan. So when she talks to Brittany. And Britney's like, I don't really care about him. She then calls out Britney for lying about liking mm-hmm. Jordan or not liking Jordan. And it would feel weird if she was doing that to then call Britney out for doing that specific lie. So I I didn't read that way. What I read was that like maybe she went and listened to him. Oh. Like they went and saw him. <clears throat> They've got the, like she went and watched a music video, but not that she's been a fan. She okay. studied you know what I mean? No, no. But like Maybe it's certainly yeah. possible. It's, I just, I just don't like that. There's no consequences for any action in this movie. Basically, no, like there's no no conflict. They are complete asshole to him. Mm-hmm. They dramatically affect his life, and he just like likes it all, and is fine with it all. And again, if this was coming from a place of like, I'm, I've studied your lyrics. I understand something your team doesn't want to accept. 
that would be different, but it's just coming from like a random fuck you place. Yeah, it's very odd. There's only one moment that I find humorous that I'd like to add in here, and it's a very... It's okay, Boomer, before oh. okay, Boomer. Oh, totally. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, And funny. it is when, um, and this is, I think, the funniest thing that happens in this entire sequence. And it is when Brittany is trying to unlock a password-protected section of Jordan's phone so she can see his actual lyrics of his songs. So the entire movie, there is a bit where Jordan's, I'm sorry, where Brittany's younger brother hides in her room always. Mm-hmm. That's his role, right? Just mm-hmm. be there and be funny. This one time, Brittany finds him under her bed, calls him up, and is like, hey, I need you to help me get into this phone. And he, like, comically just examines the phone. He looks over. He looks yeah. over, and he's like, what's his birthday? And Brittany rattles it off, and he's like, all right, great. And then types it in, and goes, I'm in. And she goes, wow, was it his birthday? He goes, nope. Everybody over the age of 14 still uses the default settings. And I was like, that's a great OK Boomer joke. That was an OK <laughs> Boomer. Like, anyone over 14 has their password as password? Like, what a crazy thing to say. I, I had the same feeling. I was like, damn, did he just call them boomers? I was like, well, uh, that was funny. After this montage of all of the, you know, the 99 ways we can fuck with Jordan, we hit what feels like it might be a conflict. Here's my other question that I have about this phone thing. Is he not calling anyone with her phone? No, because Eddie took care of Jordan's business. Eddie always had Jordan's phone. But is phone, Eddie so not calling suspicious. anyone? I think Eddie's got his own phone. Because although it doesn't totally, like, it's confusing. Because there's a moment where Brittany gets a call Mm-hmm. She answers it knowing that it's Eddie. Yeah. But when we cut to Eddie, he's using a flip phone, not the Nokia brick. Right. And I'm like, is that whose phone is that? And how did you know it was him? Is he now called you on his own phone? And do you have his number too? Like, it's, well, yeah, it's why I just was like, is he using the phone? And why wouldn't people notice that he's calling from a completely different number? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, good, good question. Uh, I guess I'm thinking too hard. So we get to the, the end of this sequence. Jordan has run away. He's broke up with his girlfriend. He's figured out that teenage girls have had possession of his phone. And we have a girl fight between Natasha and Brittany, where they start levying accusations at one another. Effectively, like, they've now bottled up how they felt for so long. They faked it for so long. Now they're just going to yell at each other. Immediately after this, we get a memory montage. We sure do. I love a memory montage. Of how these two girls made made friends mm-hmm. and were and you know got close. And you know what? Maybe that was something special, but we're just gonna leave that over in the side for a moment. We're gonna cut back to Jordan's manager and his goons, goon one and goon two. Sergey and Sergey. Plus Eddie. And uh, Sergey, Sergey, manager and Eddie. He's like, you know what? If his phone's been, you know what? We need to track Jordan. So I called his cell phone provider and I turned on the global tracking database. And now we know where he is. By the way, by the fucking way, how they show these goons try to track Jordan's phone is with a physical map. And what I can only imagine is like, a speak and spell map quest next to them be like turn right on south tangerine drive it's tangerine drive 
Tangerine Drive. It just repeats the same thing over and over again. And Eddie's like trying to navigate the map. I was like, ah, oh, yes, early days of MapQuest. I remember this. You remember to print out your own directions? Mm-hmm. We did not mention that when Jordan runs, this is where we bring back Mom's project. Correct. Because mm-hmm. ultimately what Brittany does is she calls up Betty and she says, listen, I'll give you the phone back. What I need you to do is have Jordan perform at this house. Yep. Because we're going to try to help save it. She she eavesdrop in on her mom having a sad conversation with dad and she feels sorry for mom and says, I can fix this. And she's going to extort Jordan into performing at the house and to save the house. And Eddie's like, that's great. He ran away. (laughs) That's not here anymore. And this is when we get a, a, a weird chase scene because the goon squad has located against all odds the location of Jordan's phone. Well, and found it to be in the possession of Brittany, who is on the phone with Jordan. I have to I have to say this one very odd part. The the spur to the fight between the two of them is when she goes to the high school and tells everyone. I don't get why Natasha's mad. Natasha's mad because Brittany is basically writing her out of the story. So okay. Natasha is standing there with Brittany's other three friends. Yeah. That have been missing for this whole movie. That have been missing the whole movie. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I talked to Jordan or whatever. And Brittany's three friends are like, Brittany, you don't know Jordan, right? Like, what is she talking about that he's going to perform? And Brittany's like, no, I definitely, I do know him. And he's going to perform. And he's going to be at this thing. And I got him to cut his hair. And I That's right. got him to do this thing. And and Natasha's like, she keeps like popping in between the three friends being like, I was there too. And like Brittany's just ignoring her. And so Natasha's stance is, we did that together. And if not for me, you wouldn't even have this phone. Like I, you wanted to give it back. I pushed you to be involved and now you're basically writing me out and not giving me any credit. I think I was just so distracted by her one dimensional friends acting like she's a stranger. Like their interaction was so weird. It was so crazy. It was so weird. It wasn't like, Oh, is that why you've ditched us this whole time? No conflict at all. And they're chill with it. And beyond that, they literally acted like she was a person they'd never talked to that just like went to their school. Like Mm -hmm. they acted like she's just another kid at their school. Not like their best friend a week ago, but like just a student that they maybe had a class with sometimes, but didn't engage with very regularly. And I was, I was shocked by it. And I just thought her friends treated her so strange, but I was particularly drawn to Olivia. Mm-hmm. Who was played by Jenny Garland, who some people might know as Museum Girl from the 2006 film Mammoth. I'm sorry, what? Mammoth? Mammoth. mammoth. It is a movie about a woolly mammoth from a museum of natural history coming sure. to life and killing people. <laughs> oh, Wait, it's a horror movie? And I, violent. I think we should watch it. That sounds like a good one for me. Oh, wow. Um, it shows a known for mammoth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, in Mammoth, she starred alongside 
museum boy. Sure. Samuel Garland, her real life little brother. It's kind of fun. Samuel Garland also played Mark Haskins in Glory Road, the basketball movie, uh-huh. where the coach Don Haskins was played by Josh Lucas. But I don't know Josh Lucas from that movie. Mm-hmm. I know him as I want to kiss you anytime I want Jake Perry from Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, yeah. Where Reese Witherspoon plays his lady love, Melanie Smooter. 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 I recently watched Reese Witherspoon in The Morning Show, where she played Bradley Jackson. It's not a new show. I just finally got Apple TV and... When I was done with Ted Lasso, needed to watch something else, and uh, she's what a what a code switch that was. Yeah, but it's great, it's fantastic, and she stars alongside another female powerhouse. You may know her as Rachel Green, but in this show, she plays Alex Levy, Jennifer Aniston. Mm. Yeah, and when she was playing Rachel Green in 1996, she partook in a very popular ad campaign. Any guesses? Got, got milk. Got milk, indeed. Yes, in 1996, Jennifer Aniston and Lisa Kudrow posed for a Got Milk ad. Sure. Now, what's interesting about the Got Milk ads is that some of them went on to be commercials. Indeed, they did. And some of those were produced by Scott Gardenauer, mm-hmm. who, wouldn't you know it, he also was the international unit producer on the hit film Armageddon. How about that? Got milk ads to Armageddon. How about that? And when you are producing a film such as Armageddon, you need all kinds of characters, including Roughneck Number 3. Oh, naturally. Yeah. Played by Billy Delvin, who also played Agent Sledge in National Treasure Book of Secrets. Oh. Starring in that film as Emily Appleton, Dame Helen Mirren. Ah. We around here like to think of her as Queenie in the Fast and Furious films. Most notably, I'd say F9, the Fast Saga is really where she shines. And uh, amongst the folks in the family. Uh, She's not in the family, really, but but everyone Vin Diesel meets is in the family. We really get introduced her in Fate of the Furious as well. Sure. You know, where she helps Vin Diesel... Uh, escape from the clutches of Charlie's Theron mm. after he hides while yeah. uh, while it looks like he's doing work on his car, right, but yeah. he actually ducks into a right. pub to meet her. Yeah, yeah and, and she, of course, is mother to the Shaws. Of course. And we love that. We love that she helps uh, Deckard Shaw escape with the baby on the airplane. One of my favorite scenes <laughs> in any Fast <laughs> film that is a highlight. Big I, I just Big feel like we hadn't highlighted F9 yet, the Fast uh, Saga, well, which, you know, for good reason. You can't see John C. That's true. That's true. Uh, um, But you know, but you know why I really also love F9. Why is that? Is because they go to fucking space. Obviously, they go to space. And by they, of course, I mean Roman Pierce and Tej, who's played by Ludacris. Ludacris, Christopher Bridges. Obviously, it also put some respect on put some respect on his name. He also uh, plays Brendan in the film New Year's Eve, which is one of those uh-huh. movies that like everybody's Valentine's in. There's Day. yeah, it's like 28 plots going on. Yeah. One of the plots in that film is about a couple giving birth, uh-huh. and this is actually a real story uh, based on one of the characters who was in that 
segment of the film. The character's name is Griffin Byrne, but the real person's name is Seth Myers, and that's a real story. He his wife gave birth like in the lobby of the building. Whoa! Yeah, huh. yeah. But Seth Myers, not really known as an actor, more known as playing himself in things like he's got his own late night talk show at this point. But I think most of us probably know him from. SNL, yeah. <laughs> Saturday Night Live, particularly uh-huh. loved him on the Weekend Update of segment, where one of my favorite guests is Jebediah Atkinson, who is a <laughs> speech reviewer, a historic speech reviewer. And he has iconic lines such as, four scores and seven yawns ago. <laughs> and Jebediah Atkinson is played by none other than Taryn Killam, who in this film is our pop star, Jordan. There we had go. to go through SNL. We had to. I love Jedi Atkinson. He's yeah. so funny. Four score and seven yawns ago. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It's great. Also, do you guys know he's married to uh, Robin Trubosky? No, I, I do now. Yeah. Colby Smonders? Yeah. 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 You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. Yeah, the the fact that she treats her friends and her friends treat her like she is just a stranger is crazy. But it's even but that is the impetus for their fight. So then we get the chase scene, which is really four adults in a minivan chasing a child on a bike. It's also all of the conflict in the whole film. Is this like is Mm -hmm. this and that very short fight with Brenda Song is all of the conflict in the whole movie? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's it. Yep. That's it. I, I actually would even argue that the Brenda Song conflict is resolved so soon after. It doesn't even really feel you go like a conflict. one montage and then they're friends again. Yeah, literally, the montage is the chase scene. Sometimes you have to reflect back on all the moments you've had in the last week with your friends to yeah. come in the to last forgiveness. Seven days. Yeah. Yeah. Because after there's the chase scene, they get back to Brittany's home. Brenda Song shows up, they reconcile. Realize that Brittany is still being tracked and chased. They then go and very slowly jump a fence, land on a cat based on the sound effects used, and then sprint through a backyard where Brittany picks up a babysitting she job. She gets a job. Yeah, good for her. She's enterprising. On the, on the run. Yeah. And meets, has to then meet Jordan. Now, Jordan's not where they, they planned on meeting mm-hmm. because Jordan got hungry. And yeah. he dipped into a diner. Naturally. Yeah. I, I mean, love he had that. To. He needed a burger. He dipped into a diner where the diner in an adult meal gave him a toy he of might, himself. He might have ordered a kid's meal. How do you know? Well, when they flipped the sign over, it was any meal uh, that is a purchase of X or greater. Could have been a kid's meal. Six, you know what? You're right. He's trying to get a toy. Yeah. I love a kid's meal. Yeah. Anyway, so he gets a bobblehead of himself. And after taking off his hat and looking around, obviously in the vicinity, there's just a group of like eight people who rise up I like behind the, him. I like the idea that they didn't recognize him with the hat. All it takes is he had sunglasses the hat. on too. He had sunglasses. Okay. I, I actually was like, if you, he just said, I'll stay hidden. Why wouldn't you keep that shit on? What are you doing? Right. Um, but this ultimately leads to yeah. like crowd chasing Jordan, the girls catching up with Jordan on a bike while he's running from the crowd. They ditch the crowd by 
turning the corner and going to a public park where the crowd definitely could have chased them, but I guess they just didn't. didn't. By the way, chase is a generous term for what they're doing. They are lightly jogging. It's true. They're quite slow. Well, they did speed the film up. Well, until the bike rolled up, because then it would have been awkward to have the bike going so fucking fast (laughs) in comparison. It was just a wild, a wild set of a wild sequence. And then they hide in a sewer pipe. It looks like Mm -hmm. I actually think it's a tunnel on the playground, but it looked like a sewer pipe. Definitely a tunnel on the playground. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I did like I did get an LOL, which. Oh, can I say one thing about how terrible Brenda Song's character is again on the way there? Brenda Song is on Jordan's phone again, like talking to people. News outlets. News outlets. Like she didn't learn her lesson at all. Well, no, this is part of the plan because they've now learned that Jordan is quitting the music industry because because they've talked to Jordan. Mm. They've learned that Jordan is quitting the music industry because his team won't let him uh, release the songs he wrote, that he is under contract, that he can't do the thing he wants to do. He's feeling uh, like he's trapped. And so Brenda Song and Brittany come up with a plan to talk to all these outlets to release Jordan's version of this song uh, as a world premiere at the house thing. Um, And then when they meet up with Jordan, they're like, hey, before we give you your phone, let's do something real quick. And they touch the two phones together. They dock the phones. (laughs) It's so dumb. And by doing that, they go, okay, here you go. He goes, what was that? And they're like, "Your, your song is now worldwide. And I was like, what the fuck did you just what that like, makes no sense do that what, the, what are you doing and then we get another brady bunch montage where we get all these oh my uh, God. videos of girls like seeing and hearing the song and seeing there's a new song out by jordan except that there's only five clips i was just and there's so, like nine girls and it's just them over and, and, just and over and over pile them on top of each other but it's the same girls over and over and over again rather than actually a bunch of different girls because the point is that it's going global yep but but only to nine these nine people. kids yeah <laughs> but i got there is one funny line in there when they trade their phones back Brittany says to Jordan, hey, J-Lo called. Her birthday's next week. No presents. It's really casual. And he goes, great. Soccer practice is canceled. He hands her. Soccer practice is canceled next week. And she goes, great. I'm behind on my homework. And I laughed at the idea of them answering each other's phones and like more laughing at this mega pop star, like writing down that soccer practice is canceled or whatever. But again, that would foil all the plans because I think it's actually harder for Jordan to cover why he has Britney's phone because Britney can just say she's the assistant or sure. whatever. Whereas if you are a teenage girl and you call your best friend's cell phone and a dude answers, you're like, what? Yeah. Who's this? Yeah. <laughs> but who are you, weirdo? Yeah. So after this exchange occurs, after the weird phone sex happens, well, 
What? <laughs> <laughs> not that kind of phone not, sex. No, no. no the sorry, phone. What? Literal <laughs> phone sex. The phone docking. Dock. I understand. It's kind of like docked. an avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their when ponytails they latched ponytails. together. Their antenna twirled together. And I understand then what you're saying now, but in the moment, I was Max, very Max, when, when a, a mama phone and a daddy phone love each other very much. <laughs> I like the world. Because I said it for shock value. I love the world where you're like, the fuck? <laughs> this movie that I missed. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I love it. So out of the phones, Doc, and the and the song goes to nine people. We eventually have to get to this house concert that Jordan has agreed on. Who better to no, drive No, he has it though. Eddie agreed on it. Like, That's I right. mean, I guess now Jordan, Jordan has got extorted like, Jordan it. has had no power this entire movie. <laughs> It's so crazy, the poor guy. Uh, so, he who better to drive them to the house? Not Jordan, the twenty-two-year-old. <laughs> That's true. But, but he even says like, "Yo, you want me to do this?" And she's like, "Nope." I think I do. I actually think her being a bad driver is a funny bit. I know. Uh, I am. There's one line so quick. There's one line about from her that I. I was like, "Oh, I hate you." Where they're like at dinner, and she goes, oh. and so then. I told the teacher to look back at it because I knew that I wasn't, that I didn't get it wrong. And he saw that I was right. And so my grade went up and everyone else's went down. I was like, oh, I would hate you. Everyone you had, are the like, worst. Everyone I would, would hate her in class. Hate you. But I like the bit that the brainiac is, a bad, is a bad driver and like just brake checks them all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I love that Jordan doesn't drive and it's the brainiac sister who does. And he, like, to your point, Max, offers. Yeah. And she's like, no. And Brittany's explanation is it's a control thing. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's just write that off. So we roll up to the house and we encounter what is perhaps the scariest scene that could ever exist. And that is a group of rioting and preteen girls mm-hmm. who are trying and waiting for the, something that has been promised. And as they arrive, everybody, this is sort of like the coalescing of events. Jordan arrives with Brittany and Natasha and unnamed older sister. We Jenny, have, I think. Jenny, yes. We have, I didn't catch her name. We have mom there who's trying to, to, to hold the gates. She, she's trying to ensure that the flood does not occur. And then Goon Squad with Eddie shows up and there's this coalescing of individuals where the manager's like, he doesn't sing, make sure he goes and stops Eddie, otherwise you two lose the contract and you'll never be, you'll never work in this town again. Eddie and Jordan have a friend moment and ultimately Jordan performs his new song from the very clearly broken down and structurally unstable patio slash second store uh, second floor veranda of this home where does this band come from there's a band under <laughs> where do they come from bro i like they we start singing he's got a guitar he starts singing and i was like oh they put a drum track behind him which like of course they do because it's like it's just like the song that goes with the soundtrack and i was like oh they put a drum track behind him that's funny because he's just playing guitar and like who's playing the drum and then it zooms out and there's actually a drummer on the first <laughs> one i was like wait where did that guy come from like who are you and how are you not on the same level as the singer? And like, what are we doing right now? <laughs> maybe Eddie so calls them in. Oh, maybe. Yeah. This house, by the way, is the metaphor of the film because it's the only individual thing in the town 
that is like not cookie cutter. That's and why so mom, likes mom it. wants to save it because, and so it is supposed to be a metaphor for being different in the same. Also, we skipped over that on the car ride over, Jordan says like, oh, I got my start in a place like this. And he says like, I was in the suburbs or I was in a place, a town like this. And I just went out. I want something different. But now that I've left, I'm trying to figure out what I actually want and mm, and it's right. revealed that Britney writes songs and and you're feeling this like well maybe it's okay that I live in this place and it's not as bad as I think because Jordan says that he like it's some weird metaphor ending uh, uh here's the deal what I have gotten from this movie is that the entirety of Britney's identity is external to herself I mean, Natasha says that. Yeah. Like it, it, that, but that doesn't change. It's not resolved. She doesn't get any internal motivation. It is all ex, the, her identity is external to her. And also, she needs approval from people before she's okay with things. She looks exactly like a young Winona Ryder. Hmm. Oh. I just felt like I, had, I hadn't said that yet. Oh, and well. I thought it the entire movie. Oh. Well, this movie ends after the concert with uh jordan on the phone with Brittany, yeah inviting 20, her to new york a 22 year old man inviting a 14 year old girl to new york just come on down felt weird didn't yeah. love it and the girls all run after soccer practice a mirrored scene as you mentioned max at the top of the pod uh where the girls run to watch fake trl, TRL. to see themselves dancing as background dancers but wait it's not with jordan it's with Eddie for some fucking reason. What? He's the new performer. But why? God knows. I didn't get that part. The best part Jordan is Jordan doesn't want to be the guy anymore, so they make Eddie, Eddie the guy. I mean, Eddie and Maybe Jordan it's to had fulfill the contract. Eddie and Jordan had this conversation very early on, before. <laughs> uh, like right when Eddie realizes the phone is swapped, maybe huh. where he says to Jordan something like you know, you are a rock star. We could trade places. And it's like a throwaway line of like, I wish I had what you like. You're unhappy doing the thing you're doing. I wish I could do the thing you're doing. And there's this throwaway line around like, we could swap places. And then they just make him a pop star. Well, you know, he's not this, as... This ending doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's not as good as Jordan because his lips don't match the music at all true the entire song well you know what i wasn't paying attention to that because i was too busy paying attention to the dance moves yeah yeah, all the girls that are in the eddie music video because they're friends with eddie so he would put them in the music video yeah because again it's not weird that a different 22 year old man would want a bunch of 14 year olds in his music by the way extorted him yes like i I get it if jordan puts them in his music video but why would Eddie put him in the music? Maybe video? Eddie was like, because of your extortion, it all worked out for I, me. I guess. Also, without any resolution, we're all friends now. Yeah, we put all the girls in. And they're all friends now. They're, they're all, all on friends. the soccer Natasha's team. Natasha's in the fr- Yeah. They're all in the what? back of the car. They're all in the soccer uniforms. What? what? And like, this is just a decom, but I hate girl v girl plot lines it's such a common trope especially of this time of like girls just being catty and Mm -hmm. mean to each other and like why and there wasn't it really bothered me because it just was like they were just mean to be mean and there wasn't any but also they weren't mean like i think that 
I feel like there was a little bit of snippiness back and forth with him, but mostly there was no consequence. Like, yeah, Brittany abandons her three friends right. for somebody new who is basically like, fuck all the things that you like. And, and her like, friends mostly don't care. It's it, they act like it didn't happen. Like, yeah. What? That's what I was. On, yeah. I was blipped. The friend conflict doesn't make any sense to me. No. And the girls being mean, Natasha and the other girls being mean to each other doesn't make any sense no. to me it's just okay it's a lot but they do their they they do the dance along with the music video and they're just really bad dancers they don't flip the couch this time though no well, I was, just, seems I was like bummed. that was my favorite they just jump on the couch. that was my favorite yeah. move the first well, they time. learned but they're yeah. pretty terrible dancers yeah, very terrible dancers yeah not not great not great could have taken lessons from gotta kick it up well, that brings us to the end of uh, Stuck in the Suburbs, and I've got to know <laughs> from the two of you what your ratings are. Molly, you're up first. Five. <laughs> Average. Okay. I, for all of its faults that we went on uh, and on about, I think I had a lot of nostalgia for this movie, even though I'd never seen it. Like I was saying, I just, I remembered a lot of what it felt like to be a 14-year-old girl watching this movie. I think the soundtrack is very good because not only did I enjoy Jordan Cahill, I enjoyed a little Jesse McCartney and Haley mm. Duff and the soundtrack was excellent and I thought it was paced pretty well and uh, I, I enjoyed watching it. So I'm going to give it right right in the middle on an average. Um, I think it's a four for me. I didn't find it an offensive watch i didn't at any point want to turn it off there were moments that i really enjoyed but i do think the writing uh not not uncommon for decoms but the writing of this is a is a is a mess i think that <laughs> i i it doesn't feel like there's much consequence for any action that's taken a lot of the actions feel unmotivated um, and then they just work out without anybody being on the hook for anything. They did. Uh, there's very little conflict until the very end of the movie and it gets resolved super fast. I, I just think that there's some really messy writing, but I like Brenda song. She continues to be a good addition to decoms, I think. Um, and I found the movie to be not unenjoyable. So for that, it gives me my, I give it a four. Uh, my review actually that I wrote down after I, I finished watching was a 4.6 so right in the middle of, of your two reviews I agree with you Molly I think the soundtrack was pretty darn good uh, I enjoyed that that was an addition I, I think my biggest gripe is that there was no conflict and if there was a conflict it was resolved within the next five minutes so we, there was nothing that gave any meat to this movie it was very sort of it was a fluffy film so if you're going to if you're going to spend 80 minutes to watch something that's fluffy, that is just sort of like a, a fun little background noise. Absolutely. Watch this. Like it's, it's inoffensive. It is, I think a, a cookie cutter decom uh, that is, that is an average decom, uh, which might go against the entire goal of the, of the film's quote plot unquote, but uh, yeah, cookie cutter decom. I have two reviews for you. Okay. I have two. I, I could not pick between them and I chose them for wildly different reasons. The first is uh, as follows. Boredom and bubblegum. Yeah. Oh. Watching Stuck in the Suburbs, I got the feeling that in the end, all I saw was one long commercial for the multiple and myriad uses of a cell phone. <laughs> and the uses seemed to multiply monthly. 
Danielle Panabaker is your average by Magic Kingdom standards teenage girl from the suburbs who finds her life sanitized and boring there. Not even the arrival of a friend Brenda Song from New York seems to lift her spirits. Mm. But then the arrival of pop singing star Taryn Killam to Panabaker's town to do a music video really lifts the whole teen- town's teenage female population. Killam is the latest bubblegum sensation who is concerned that he will not have a career after this burst of popularity when the next teen idol arrives on the scene. Something I'm sure every single one of them worries about. He'd like to do more meaningful songs and at least aim at having staying power like Crosby or Sinatra. What? <laughs> yep. When they literally collide their cell phones exchange and since they both store all the meaningful and important things on those phones, their lives are irrevocably tangled, at least until the phones get back to their proper owners. Stuck in the suburbs is a pleasant enough 90 or so minutes from the Disney studios and the cast performs well enough. But with technology being what it is, can you imagine the same kind of film done in the future when we have Star Trek-like communicators, tricorders, and transport devices? <laughs> this this is giving me... What? Okay, boomer. <laughs> like... But, uh, tri- Do you like Does this? this person think that their iPhone... <laughs> Can beam them up? Maybe. Okay. That's a 5 out of 10. Oh. Relatable. Now, this next one is a 10 out of 10. Great. And the title (laughs) is Thanks for Keeping It Clean. Oh, good. Now, let's dive into this one. My daughter loved your movie and wanted me to tell you that the absence of <laughs> wait, drinking... Wait, 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 wait. Does this person think they're writing Disney a letter or Brenda Song a letter? You know what? Or I don't know. Taryn Killam or not anyone but IMDb, I uh, you assume. Know, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I can't wait. My daughter loved your movie and wanted me to tell you that the absence of drinking, smoking, and drugs is really great. I'm sure the daughter wanted to I'm tell sure you that. I'm sure it's that. not the mom. I'm yeah. sure the daughter was thrilled with that. And thanks for making good family-oriented entertainment. Yeah, thank you. I bet she, the daughter said that, too. Yeah. She is currently working on a Girl Scout badge called High on Life, which asked her to view three... <laughs> Hold on, I gotta get the right. She's currently working on a Girl Scout badge called High on Life, which asked her to view three shows or movies and rate their quality based on the presence or absence of all references to drinking, smoking, and drugs. Oh my god. Your movie... Your movie was one of her favorite choices. She would like you to know that she can't wait until you make a... Who are you writing to? (laughs) She would like you to know that she can't wait until you make another movie that is free from substance abuse. (laughs) Try every Disney Channel movie. You know, it is a common trope in these. Uh, One of my regular criticisms in our 40 DCOM reviews has been the presence of drugs and alcohol. If I have to see Ryan Merriman on meth one more time. These kids are constantly high. I just want to see one film where KJB's not wasted the whole time. It's crazy how often these Z-coms, they go into the bathroom, pull down the koala changing table, and do a line off of it. I really uh, wish that Ashley Tisdale would, would do more cocaine uh, in these films. Uh, but. So 
Or Brendan a, saw and called up Joe and was like, want to do a bump? Like, I, <laughs> That's that's the, the uncut edition. Yeah. Okay. Whew. I got two sentences. Let's get through these. She would like you to know that she can't wait until you <laughs> to make another movie that is free from substance abuse. When did abuse. she fucking write this 20 years after the movie came out? Like, uh, this, this is made in 2005, folks. The review? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not done. Here's an idea for the next movie. Oh, <laughs> Please make the next one about an 11-year-old girl that has three older and one younger brother and a younger sister. Please. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna <laughs> go. Fucking six kids. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. That is this girl. Oh, yeah. Also, can you can you read? Is that the end? That's the end. Can you read me the sentence about what she... <laughs> Just that? That's, that's the that's, summary? That's the summary. Write a movie about an 11-year-old girl that's got five siblings, period. Could you... <laughs> no no plot synopsis, <laughs> just that. What do you want me to read? Could you do Ooh. me a quick favor? Oh, my God. My cheeks are so bad. I just need a quick favor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need you to read me what you have to do to get the high on life badge again for Girl Scouts. Okay, okay, okay. She is currently working on a Girl Scout badge called High on Life, mm -hmm. which asked her to view three shows or movies and rate their quality based on the presence or absence of all references to drinking, smoking, and drugs. Okay, so you can pick any three TV shows and movies. Mm -hmm. That feels like the easiest badge to get ever. Because like... If I want to, if I want to rate them, what do I pick? Scarface? Like if I like, I don't understand how that badge works. And I just looked it up. It's a retired badge. You can no longer. Oh yeah, you can't get it anymore. You can't I get was it anymore. To find it too. Um, yeah. But I just think that's such a silly thing to do. Like, do you not want to find drugs? You guys want one? We could buy them for two dollars. Yeah, I do bad. actually. That's amazing. <laughs> I do. Can, want can one. I? I just max because you asked this question. I am just going to reread the last line of this review one more time. Uh -huh. I just want you. No, I need you to answer my question. Did if you want to get this badge? Do you think that the higher? <laughs> do Do you think that they wanted to find drugs and alcohol or I, no? I think that it was about uh, assessing shows based on and rating them good or bad. There may be a, like, find one that is good or find one that is not, but I don't think it's a matter of, of finding one or the other. It's about watching media and then saying, was there a presence of alcohol and drugs? I, I just and want you just to... Assessing. I want you to imagine a world when I... And I understand that this is like an 11-year-old trying to do this. Yeah. But I want you to imagine a world where this girl watches Quince and ranks it higher than American Gangster as far as quality. No. My <laughs> God. There's no drugs in Quince. Uh, there probably are drugs in Quince, though, just for yeah. the record. Just, that dad's on performance. I just, I just like the idea of, yeah, like, oh, uh, you parents, know what's a yeah, American Gangster? Drugs. Never heard of it. Trash. <laughs> Horrible film. Quince, great. Quince, amazing oh, man. Uh, <laughs> my daughter wanted me to tell you quince is better than american gangster <laughs> here's an idea for the next movie uh-huh please make the next one yeah about an 11 year old girl uh-huh that has three older and one younger brother and a younger sister it's five period. siblings period this feels like That's a, the whole plot synopsis. This feels like a riddle. Like <laughs> if, if if an eleven year old girl has three older and one younger brother and a younger sister, how many siblings? What does rank she have? of the siblings is she? Like, yeah, exactly. Or the siblings. 
God, that was just so amazing. I read that and I was like, no shot. That's wild. Whew. Well, next week is when we get to revisit uh, 9-11 because we are watching Tiger Cruise. You know, I've, I've had my eyes on this one for a long time. Never seen it. It's been a long time coming. But Hayden Pantier, mm-hmm. big name. And I've known about this movie for a long time just because of its association with 9-11. And I will say I'm walking in with curious eyes. I, I am optimistically hopeful cautiously optimistic maybe is, is the better way of putting that i wouldn't go that far but i'm curious about the movie I, I i just like i god please disney don't fuck up the hey, movie disney, about please 9/11. feature less drugs i was gonna say do you right now do we think the presence of drugs and alcohol <laughs> gonna be probably not I, I think that there could be alcohol because I, have we had drinking in a movie? Is that? We yeah, there was. Yes, yes, we did. Because in Genius, they drank. And we were all like, whoa. Oh, that's Cause right. Because they were in college. And they were oh, all of age. That's, oh, that's right. But that we all, right. I remember being like, it's weird to see drinking. That's, yeah, that's right. right. And I assume that parents have had like wine at sure. dinner. And we just yeah. haven't paid attention we to it. We almost had the arena to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. But, so Tiger Cruise is up next. Yeah, I was going to say mm. the dad character, I bet, has a beer at some point or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast. It really does help us out. Follow us on all of our socials. And if you want to join in the conversation and chat about the most recent episode or any of the content that we create here at Mammoth Club, please join us on Discord. We'd love to have you. But until next time, friends, that was Stuck in the Suburbs. And I cannot wait until we get to sit down and chat about Tiger Cruise next week. But until then, bye. Bye. Goodbye. I really thought you were going to say, I can't wait till we get to talk about 9-11 again. Yeah, I've been there. I'm sorry that happened. It hurts real bad. I can't wait until there's more drugs and alcohol in these movies. I can't either. You know these movies are missing.